Amen. Might just rearrange slightly. Here we go. Brilliant. Oh, it's lovely to be with you this evening. How are you doing? Do you keep um, do you keep the Bibles open, or if you've got them on your phone, grab those out? And um, might need a little bit of participation later from some people. Here we go. Right. So we're in the book of 2 Corinthians, and we started our series last week. And if you were here last week, you'll remember that we were focusing on powerful weakness. And that in our weaknesses, we learn to rely not on ourselves, but on God. And we had that amazing verse, didn't we, where Paul was saying in chapter 1, verse 8 and verse 9, he says this, We were under great pressure, far beyond our ability to endure, so that we despaired of life itself. And we were talking about how it can be a real reality for us, even as Christians, to face moments in life which we feel like we cannot endure. And that that weakness is present and we need to be realistic about it. But then we also moved on and looked, didn't we, at how that we still see Paul crying out on how he relies on God and how his hope is set on God even in those moments of weakness. But tonight, I want to focus on powerful treasure or powerful glory. And tonight we're in chapter four. And so we're going to have a look at this um, together. And if you're um, if you're interested, it's really good to read a bit of chapter three beforehand because there's a lot of uh, metaphors and images that run through uh, the two chapters and you might want to flick at that as I'm chatting. But I'll start with a little story. Um, at some point during the pandemic, when some sort of restrictions started to be lifted and you were allowed to kind of do some stuff again in one of those like periods, um, I went to watch a rugby thing at one of my children's schools. And um, I was watching this game of rugby take place. And it was quite funny because a lot of the kids hadn't really had any games lessons for ages because of the pandemic. And I think rugby was pretty new to them. They were quite young. And so they were still learning how to play rugby. And uh, as I watched, um, I found it quite amusing. Um, But at some point I clocked, there was this boy on the team where suddenly, suddenly it dawned on him that he was in fact taller and broader than most of the other children. And as that kind of fact dawned on him, he fixated his eye on the try line. I'm so not a good player, I don't even know what it's called. That's right, isn't it, James? The try line thing. The thing that you're trying to, I don't know, dump that ball on. I'm not very good, am I? Sorry, sports people. Anyway, he fixed his eye on it, and he just decided he would just plough through all the other children, no matter what, and realised that he could. And it was hilarious. There was like about five children hanging off him, like hanging onto his ankles, hanging onto his knees, and he just kind of went for it. It was amazing. Um, And it was hilarious, but his perseverance as he fixed his eyes on the touchline was incredible. And I guess tonight, one of the things I want to ask you as we look at this passage is, what's your touchline? Or what's your treasure? What do you fix your eyes on? What is the prize 
that you're going after. And you see, our passage today ends with that call to fix our eyes, not on the four or five things that might be trying to tackle us to the ground, not on those things, but upon what is unseen, upon our ultimate touchdown, upon eternity with God. And I know that God has had to pull me up short even this weekend because I've allowed my focus to be on some of the things that are trying to tackle me to the ground rather than on him. And I've been super challenged as I've read this. Because it's easy, isn't it? It's easy to fixate on the four or five things that are tackling us to the ground. So here we are in this passage, and we're going to kind of explore all this a little bit more. But it's so significant, isn't it? Just to, just to clock last week as well, and just to remember that our weaknesses and the things that are trying to tackle us down don't disqualify us from being part of God's kingdom. The thing is what we do, it's whether we surrender our weaknesses over to God, whether we allow him to take them and to turn our rubble into gold, as it were. And last week as well, I spent some time quoting some amazing uh, things the Queen has said about God and some of the amazing things she said about needing to rely on God in times of difficulty. And she says a lot about that in her life and in her Christmas messages and things that she said. She was very public about her need for prayer, her need for support, that she wasn't going to just rely on herself, but she needed Christ. Christ comforted her. But do you know what I think she also saw? She also saw the treasure that she had in Christ. Christ wasn't just a comforting prop up to her life. She had treasure in her relationship with Christ. A treasure of the good news of the gospel where God comes after us to call us home to be part of his kingdom. And there's this lovely thing where she, um, I'm going to get this so wrong because I haven't written it down, um, but she, she won't kind of give her name to any books apart from I think the Bible Society have her on some Bibles. And she writes of herself of um, the servant queen to the king of kings or something like that. But there's just this acknowledgement that she has this treasure of knowing that she has a king and a saviour and a lord, the treasure of the gospel, that she has been rescued by him and invited into his family. And of course, all other Christians today share that treasure. Is that treasure the focus of our attention? Now, in our passage tonight, Paul is really speaking to people who have already come to faith, so people who already know Jesus, they kind of get that, and so some of the language um, might not be that straightforward if you're reading it for the first time, um, but he's speaking to people who already know what it's like to follow Christ, have already had powerful experiences of the Holy Spirit, and so they get what he's saying as we work through this passage. But I'm just going to focus in on a couple of things about the treasure so, the first thing I think I want to highlight is this. Don't worry if others 
can't see the treasure of the gospel. It is quite devastating, even in our nation now, that many people don't see the treasure of the gospel. And that can be something that we can use to spur us on in prayer for our nation. But don't let it distract you. Don't let it cause you to lose heart. And you see, Paul is speaking at um, the end of chapter 3. He's sort of saying that whenever anyone actually turns to God, it's like a veil is lifted away. And suddenly they see the freedom that they have in God and all the amazingness of being filled with the Holy Spirit. And they realize it for the first time. But it says in verse 3 of chapter 4 that some people are still veiled and they just can't get the good news. But nonetheless, don't lose heart because in verse 6, we're told that God's light is still coming to shine in people's hearts today. And I don't know about you, but I've had loads of fun inviting people to Alpha completely unashamedly because it's amazing. I want people to know this treasure and say, so why not? We've got to tell people. And then they can't respond to it if they haven't heard it. So we've got to give people a chance to hear. And I'm not saying alpha's the be-all and end-all to anything. You know, like we can just sit down with a mate over coffee and we can tell them the good news. Um, but it's been loads of fun. And if I'm not inviting people, to, I can't expect you to. But do you know what? Would you give it a go if you haven't? Like... My neighbour's hopefully coming, someone else has, you know, and someone else has said they're interested. And, you know, I've just given it a go. And we pray, and we just go for it. But do you know what? There's loads of people that will say no to me too. But I don't lose heart. I just keep going. God's spirit is at work all over the globe. And I don't know about you, but I'm constantly and utterly amazed that this man who had a public ministry for only a few years, lived in a tiny place in the backwater of nowhere, didn't travel, didn't write a book, and there were thousands of others just like him causing a following after them and running around trying to create followers. There were so many of Jesus-like characters going around. But this one guy who never traveled, never wrote everything down, wasn't particularly good looking, the scripture says, didn't have much to offer, and yet had everything to offer. And therefore, we're still here today, like thousands of years later, and we're worshiping him. Isn't it amazing that the Holy Spirit is at work convicting and speaking to people today, all over our world? And tonight, Richard is uh, my husband, he's also a vicar here, is worshipping with Christian believers in Lebanon. There's Christian family all over the world. And he'll be going into the refugee camps and worshipping with Syrian Christians this week too, because the light of Christ is spreading. So don't lose heart. Don't worry if others can't see the treasure. I wonder if this next week, um, Toby and Tom, could you give me a hand? Do you mind coming up? I know. Come on, guys. Thank you. Thank you, guys. That's awesome. Give them a little clap. Yay. Thank you, guys. Right. If you guys come and stand here, um, come on up on this bit. Okay. You're going to go there. Okay. Um, so, um, 
In this passage, it talks about we have this treasure in jars of clay. I didn't actually have any jars, but these are kind of clay-looking like cups, right? Um, And so you have your treasure, and it's a bit like in these kind of... Well, just imagine these are clay kind of pots, okay? Jars of clay. These are jars of clay. And um, it says to show that the all-surpassing power is from God and not from us. So actually, some of being a fragile pot shows that the stuff that's in us isn't, is from God and not from us. And it says we're hard-pressed on every side, but not crushed, perplexed, but not in despair, persecuted, but not abandoned, struck down, but not destroyed. Now, Toby, I'm really sorry. Could you be the clay jar that doesn't have any treasure in it? And could you just crush that jar for me? that is crushed up okay that jar is crushed that is destroyed and um that is just crushed because there's no treasure in it um but tom you have the treasure in your jar of clay you have the good news of jesus you know that jesus loves you that he died for you that he rose again for you and he's got a place in heaven just for you and you've got that treasure and you're walking around with that treasure now crush your cup Come on, Tom, seriously, crush it, come on, come on, come on, Tom, crush it, crush it, crush it. What's happening? (laughs) What's happening? What's inside? See, this is Tom's little light, this little light of mine. The light of Christ is in Tom's jar of cray. And so even though Tom has actually dented it, he has felt the pressure of suffering. In fact, when he was squeezing it really hard, like Paul, he maybe felt like he despaired of life itself. But actually, it isn't crushable because the treasure is in it. Um, I would say take it home to your mum, but it's like a pretty poor present, isn't it? Oh, well, never mind. There you go, boys. Thank you very much. See, for Paul, suffering was a present reality. But he knew that God's treasure, the good news of the gospel, would see him through. So that although the death of Jesus was carried around in his body, so too was a resurrected power at work in him. And do you know, we have that power to draw on in our lives today and to take out with us. Do you know, generally, though, we're pretty um, poor as a society at talking about the suffering stuff. Do you know that just 600 years ago, 50% of children died before they reached their 10th birthday? Today, we say very few signs of death. Tomorrow might be one of the very few funerals some people will ever watch or be go to. As a nation, we have a really rare moment tomorrow as we ponder the fragility of life. As we accept the fact that actually all of us at some point will face death. And you see, we find it difficult because in some ways our sole goal is happiness. And 
anything that might threaten that happiness needs to just be shoved to the sidelines. Get rid of it. And this means that when we do face suffering, we're often woefully unprepared to talk about it. And we don't know how to cope with it. Paul's way is different. Paul goes and says, it exists. There's pressure all around us. And particularly if you're going to follow Jesus, there's going to be pressure and hardship and suffering that comes your way. But, but don't lose heart. Don't lose heart because you know the truth. You have the treasure of the gospel in you. And you can draw on the power of the gospel to shape you and help you journey through your sufferings and through life on this earth. And I know and I can testify to moments where I've been woken up in the night and I'm worried about something and I'm anxious about something. And no, I haven't just said, Lord Jesus, take it away and it's gone like that. No, often it's been a wrestle and it's been a fight and a continual wrestle. But as I've wrestled through it and I've prayed through it and I've fought through it and then I've surrendered it to God. Countless and countless of times I've experienced the Holy Spirit descend on me with a peace that I cannot describe because it is the power of God enveloping me and reminding me that I'm his no matter what and that no matter what happens, my destiny is secure with him for all eternity. We have a treasure. We have a treasure. Mother Teresa famously um, is known to have suffered with deep depression, and yet she is such a picture of someone who, who handed that right back over to God. And God enabled her, not through herself, not through anything she did, but by the power of the Holy Spirit, to look outside of herself and to serve wholeheartedly those around her. Look what God did with a very weak and broken woman as she surrendered her life to him. And so we have this treasure in jars of clay. This is, this is going well, isn't it? I, I decided to write my sermon down. It's flying everywhere. <laughs> Thank you, James. Okay. <laughs> I'm not sure it's worked. I think they're going to fall off even more. (laughs) Do you know what? I don't really need it. I've just realized I'm on like page 20 or something. So there we go. Anyway. Okay. So there we go. We have this, um, this treasure. So don't worry if other people don't see it. The treasure can withhold the pressure of life, um, life that faces. And, um, Actually, yeah, at this point, let's, let's have a little look at a testimony because I want to show you. I want to show you something that's quite drastic. Someone who's been through and went through a huge amount of suffering. And I want you just to see how the power of the gospel shaped Corrie Ten Boom. So we're going to watch, hopefully, is it working? I know we've had techie troubles. Um, we're going to just watch that. She was speaking in a church in Germany one time and at the end of her talk she recognised the man coming up to her and she could see it was one of the most cruel guards from Ravensbrück. She'd picture him as he was then and as he came up to her he said, 
I was a guard at Ravensbrück. He didn't recognize her, but she knew, she recognized him. She could see him, and she remembered walking naked past him. She said she felt so cold and so angry. He said, I've become a Christian now. I know I did some very cruel things, but I've received God's forgiveness for the cruelties I've done. And I ask God's grace for an opportunity to ask one of my very victims for forgiveness. Fraulein Ten Boom, want you to be forgiven. Will you forgive me? And I could not. I remembered the suffering of my dying sister through him. But I was not able, I could not, I could only hate him. And then I said, thank you, Jesus, that you have brought into my heart God's love through the Holy Spirit who has given to me. And thank you, Father, that your love is stronger than my hatred and unforgiveness. That same moment I was free. And I could say, brother, give me your hand. And I shook hands with him. And it was as if I felt God's love stream through my arms. You never touch so the ocean of God's love as that you forgive your enemies. Can you forgive? No. I can't either. But he can. And you see, that's the power of the treasure of the good news living through a life. So don't worry if others don't see the treasure. The treasure is able to withhold the pressures of life. And finally, the treasure of the good news is eternal. The treasure of the good news isn't going to come and go, be gone tomorrow. The treasure's eternal. It says in verse 16, Therefore we do not lose heart, though outwardly we're wasting away, yet inwardly we're being renewed day by day, for our light and momentary troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs them all. The treasure is eternal as we get carried with Jesus into eternity. Um, little embarrassing and silly fact for the ladies. Um, apparently, we spend 18K on face products in our lifetime. Um, such is our desire to stay young and uh, not get wrinkles. <laughs> but you know what? We're fading away. The stuff of this, this life is fleeting. And, and there's nothing wrong, by the way, ladies, with makeup and dressing up and all that kind of stuff. It's nice to look nice, and that's all cool. That's good. Nothing wrong with that. But, um, yeah, some of us might want to adjust the budget as we head into the autumn term, you know. Um, <laughs> but as we go through this life, if we're trying to hold on to the things that are fleeting rather than to the treasure of the gospel, in the end, we're going to be very sad but if we hold on to the treasure of the gospel and if we make that our touchline 
We make that our treasure that we really treasure and the treasure that we focus on. Well, then there's going to be joy in him forever and ever and ever and ever and ever. So do not lose heart, whatever is going on now. The God is with you and loves you and he has given you treasure. Shall we stand?